I V M. Welcome to the Equity Sahiya podcast with Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. This podcast will delve into the investment insights and philosophies of Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company and speak about the frameworks used by them to assess various sectors for investment. Folks, welcome to the show. My guest today is Shreya Lunkar, Senior VP and Fund Manager PMS at Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. And the topic for today's episode is India's infrastructure and capital goods sector. Shreya, welcome to this episode. We will be talking about what I feel is one of the most important sectors in India, probably even the world, which is infrastructure and capital goods, or as we in the market know it as infra and cap goods, right? I just, you know, every time any of us goes abroad, whether they even going to a Singapore or a Dubai or a London or a New York, the one thing that strikes us about these developed markets, these advanced economies is the quality of infra, whether it's public transport from metros to the to how smooth the roads are. You know, there it looks like they have a lot of infra and probably the usage isn't much. And here in India, it seems that we don't have any infra and we've got such a big dearth of infra. And then, of course, there is a fact that infra and cap goods is literally the single most important sector for the economy. So I want to start with that. Okay, two points. First is why is it even important from Motilal Oswal's perspective? How do you see it? How do you actually, you know, size up the sector and its impact on the country? And second is we'll just touch upon what's really the constituents of infra and cap goods. Let's start with that. So uh, clearly the sector is is very, very big and very diverse in its very nature because the linkage of it goes to the, to the very grassroots level of every economy. And this is not true for our phase of economy or our phase of development. Even if you hail back to history, even in the Roman dynasty, whenever they, the economy used to suffer, all the emperors would do is announce a bout of development of temples or a, about, a, you know, infrastructure development, yeah. so to say. So this has been the go-to strategy to revive any economy. If you look back into the deep history or you look at the global history, China being a case in point. But the real relevance of it comes to the fore because this is a sector which has a very big perimeter or multiplier effect on other economies. Because what happens is when you build up an infrastructure, you generate a lot of employment for the skilled and more so for the unskilled labor. Mm. And the moment you generate such an employment, the income multiplier that results into higher consumption by these people. And the moment your higher consumption comes into the reason because of higher per capita incomes, mm. What happens is as a result, most of these manufacturing consumptions are, are manufactured in India. So what happens is an infra spend actually starts invigorating uh, the manufacturing part of the economy. And, you know, although this new government had coined Made in Make in India about five years ago, but the real impetus of it will be felt only when the per capita income rises, we start consuming more and better, and then we start manufacturing what we are consuming more and better. Yes. So the, the impact of it is just so far and wide that it actually creates a very big multiplier. And it is how the any economy starts. So this is like, think of it, think about it as jumpstarting a car. If your car is down with your battery, you will need somebody to push the car. And then your car starts automatically and then it starts running on its own. Infrastructure spend is something like that. The second point that you highlighted about global infrastructure versus India infrastructure, that is true. Uh, global infrastructure, there is a lot of it, but underutilized. Mm. In India, we are underserved. <laughs> we need a lot more infrastructure, but that is a good part. In globally, countries are struggling to make 
economic sense of all the infrastructure that they built over the last century in india we, there is a need to build infrastructure build assets over the next 10 to 15 years given the population that we have yeah. so what it does is essentially it leaves a lot of headroom all you need is political willingness all you need is private sector willingness all you need is a lender willingness mm-hmm. funding availability as we call it i think once these three vectors come in place given the need that is there and given how the state in which the world is in yeah. there is a reason to believe that this is a very strong sector and this will be one of the most important pivot on which india's growth will lie for the next 20 years sure and since we're talking about the importance of the sector the sector is also massive right i mean you're not just not talking about uh, like we spoken in the past about banking or insurance or automobile here we're talking about infra and cap goods it's actually an umbrella term for a lot of sectors okay so for the purposes of this podcast for this episode for this recording can you just tell our listeners which sector specifically will be referring to when we talk about generally the infra and cap good sector so as you know that uh, you know infrastructure and capital good sector is a very broad name but broadly if you were to just call out four five names which you can relate to the first and foremost is the power sector because for any industrialization uh, you need power to be available so power sector becomes a very strong so typically it contributes about 30 to 35% of the overall spend the second comes transportation given how populous our country is which is 130 crore people you need that much more to travel better now this includes roads railways airports metros ports everything, everything yeah. the third you can think about is the private sector capes which comes largely from steel and cement because they are again the building vectors when you talk about infrastructure the usage of steel and cement cannot be ignored and the last comes is the irrigation and the oil and gas piece now irrigation is important for india a specifically very unique feature about india's capex versus global capex is in irrigation because we are a very agrarian economy and to delink our uh, reliance on monsoons hmm. which itself is a god of act yeah. uh, an act, act of, of god, god yeah. uh, then automatically you need irrigation to make yourself insulated yeah. and also then comes your uh, oil and gas because we consume a lot of crude ourselves there is a lot of reasons and also because of the pollution sensitivity that the global governments are going through there is a lot of requirement of capex to be done by these oil and gas to make sure that they are cleaner uh, refineries and they produce more cleaner fuels yeah, we just talking about the auto sector and how that's going to have uh, you know the engines there are going to be more expensive because of changing uh, fuel norms and just like we followed in the previous recordings in the equity sahiya podcast with motilal oswal asset management company this episode will also be split into four parts the first part will be the evolution of the infra and cap good sector the second part is where we are today the third part is going to talk about the future the fourth part call to action how do you choose a good infra and cap goods company to invest in using the motilal oswal asset management company's framework shrey Let's start with the evolution of the infra and cap good sector. I know it's like you know it probably goes back to post independence and how we shaped out out there. I know that we used to have five year plans when the planning commission used to be there. We can probably use that as one kind of a bucket, right? The last five years in three buckets. Let's start from there. So if you look at the last fifteen years and split it into buckets of five years, which is five planning. periods the first period which started in 02 to 07 which is where we saw the biggest bull run in the in 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 india uh, that was steered because of this 
capex part which where the capex was set at 5% of the gdp or about 10 lakh crores that was planned to spend from a period of 02 to 07 and this was way higher than our standards looking into the past oh, at that yeah. point of time yeah. and what we saw during this phase specifically is the government way going out of its way to promote private sector capex to come in because so far it was always a central government who used to do investment in this infrastructure as you know because these infrastructure projects are very long term yeah. they are very long yeah. gestation and you need a very effective cost of funding yeah. to make it viable yeah. so that is the reason why central government used to do it but at that point of time private sectors became big enough and actually private sector investments moved from 10% to almost 25% wow. in this phase and which is very commendable because at some point this is required sure then follows the next phase yes uh, the next phase was from a pay phase of from 07 to 012 yes. the next 5 years obviously we went higher in a capex journey we went from 5% to 7% of gdp mm. and we landed up spending almost 25 lakh crores mm. in the next 5 years so you can imagine the second 5 year block we spent two and a half times of the first 5 year block wow but the texture of this spend was a lot different from the first in the first one it was a lot more power driven mm. in the second 5 year block it was a lot more transportation driven the delhi metro came about yeah. and a lot of other roads and telecom capex was also part of it then followed with the third 5 year block which is 12 to 17 which was pegged at about 8% of gdp or about 55 to 60 lakh crores was to be spent hmm. however we underachieved it although the official estimates are yet to be out but our estimate is that we would have underachieved it just because we went through a very prolonged slowdown with the whole npl cycle in the banking system that came about hmm. that would have actually slowed down or uh, you know under encouraged entrepreneurs to invest in the infrastructure space sure and that is the reason that slowdown has happened so i'm just going to just rewind those numbers for the listeners right because in the first bucket 2002 to 2007 we had 5% of gdp or about 9 lakh crores in second bucket we were at uh, 7% of gdp in 25 lakh crores what shrey just said two and a half times because that's also when you had a lot of the power telecom roads and delhi metro just a small note out there what shrey meant was the extension of the delhi metro delhi metro first of course was conceived i don't know maybe in 2000 or so or somewhere and third is when we went to 8% of gdp that's almost a trillion dollars or about 55 lakh crore shrey put this in perspective for us what is you know percentage of gdp is fine 9 10 20 lakh crore is fine how does this measure with a great neighbor you know who's known for infra so you know china took a while to go to 10% of gdp but it wow. went to 10% of gdp and when it went to 10% of gdp it stayed at 10% of gdp for almost 10 to 12 years after that wow. so that is the need that we are at we are still in the journey of going from 5% hmm. of gdp to 10% of gdp hopefully in this current 5 year period that we are in hmm. given the decisive mandate the government has got i believe that there is a good chance that the government will spend almost 1.5 trillion dollars over the next 5 years hmm. which means we will land up spending around 10 to 12% of the gdp as investment in capex and yeah. infrastructure sector and then imagine what if we sustain there for the next 10 years yeah, wow. we will see an evolution much stronger than china yeah. if we can manage to uh, achieve it yeah, yeah. Uh, but even if we don't achieve it over the next 10 years the fact is the next 5 years or the next 10 years are absolutely going to be quite strong from an infrastructure standpoint because we will actually go beyond that uh, beyond the threshold of 10% yeah. as a gdp yeah So folks if you're staying in Mumbai then you would have seen the metro lines the metro construction that's there pretty much everywhere I mean you could, there's no way that you can 
avoid it if you're commuting from you know if you're doing a bandar to lower peril commute or if you're even doing a south bombay to north bombay commute the metro is everywhere that's the infra we're talking about so shrey let's get into where we are today okay we know that the past uh, few years have been that great for infra we know that we're probably at a cyclical bottom or somewhere we are recovering so let's try and get some color some texture on this on the situation on where we are today so clearly this the last 10 years have been extremely gruesome because the economy has slowed down at the same time it followed with a massive spending on infrastructure uh, as we talked about right and that led to a longer consolidation phase because mm-hmm. those assets never came up on time and the interest meter which was very high kept on running so that kept making these long term assets more and more unviable with every passing year of non completion so as a result what happened is it and unfortunately it also coincided with policy paralysis we went through a lot of government changes we went through a lot of high inflation which led to high interest rates and mm. npl cycle that we see today is as a result of that mm. so just to give you an idea npl cycle is now so dire in such a dire state that almost 25 to 30% of all the corporate loans given by the banking sector are today stressed in one way or the other yeah. and that is a very huge number and that clearly points to the fact that today we are at a cyclical bottom hmm. the another way of looking at cyclical bottom is looking at this uh, there is a very uh, there's a economic measure of asset creation which is gross capital fixed formation Gro- gross fixed capital formation gross GFCF, fixed capital formation yeah. which is called gfcf yeah. uh, when you see when you measure gfcf as a measure of gdp uh, you know it it ranges from 0.4 to 2.4x wow that's a big range Yes, uh, just for the benefit of the listeners, what means is if if our economy is growing at a nominal rate of about twelve to thirteen percent, and when I say it's point five, that means our infrastructure spend is growing at five to six percent. Wow. Likewise, in a good cycle, when I, when our GDP is growing at twelve percent to thirteen percent, and when I say it's two x, that means our infrastructure spend can go to twenty five to thirty huh. percent. So the point is that your infrastructure spend actually ranges from five percent to twenty five percent. Huge, and that is the age. level of band yeah. or volatility and that is why we call this sector very cyclical yeah. Yeah. because in the cyclical your peak and the troughs are very wide extremes yeah. extremes yeah. and that is what if you measure the long term average is 1.1 right but this 1.1 is very very has a very wide band it oscillates from 0.5 to 2.5 so today where we are we are at about 1.1 1.2 times hmm. the multiplier hmm. and this is despite such a bad npl cycle that we are in mm. and right now as you know because of the reforms that has been undertaken mm. we are coming out of the npl cycle pretty well mm. and over the next 2 years we will not even talk about npls hopefully <laughs> the moment you come into that phase you get into the investment phase again sure. you get into a positive mindset phase where entrepreneurs are willing to take bets again put risk in the front again and take risk Uh, to make more money and create assets as i mentioned that there is a good chance over the next 10 years there will be a phase of couple of years where we will see infrastructure spend go up by as much as 20 to 25% although the long term range of capital infrastructure spend can be at 15% sure. but there will be a phase episodic phase over the next 2 to 3 years over the next 5 years or 7 years that you will see infrastructure spend actually overshooting that number and going as much as high as 20 to 25% wow and when that happens the j curve will be staring at us and uh, you know it will have that multiplier effect as we spoke about hmm. and the whole economy will see a growth spurt hmm. so let's get into the future part of it before that i just want to spend maybe a minute on interest rates right because this is a critical part of infra and cap goods this is not like 
a private entrepreneur uh, who is building a new plant for himself he probably works on five year cycle then he decides that he needs new capacity he probably funds it internally you know and then completes the project in one year or two years and then the project starts giving him back the money in maybe three or four or five years infra and cap goods is fundamentally different first of all you need to have the muscles of a very large balance sheet which is why the government has a primary role in all this and the second is the cost of money okay so first you know if you can just explain why interest rates are so important to infra and cap goods then we'll get into what the future looks like so there are two aspects when you look at funding one is the cost of funding and the second is availability of funding let me cover these two aspects separately because this is a critical aspect one is the cost of funding and the cost of funding what happens is all these infrastructure assets are 20 year or 25 or 30 year assets so every port you make or every airport you make or every power plant you make will actually last for 30, 25 to 30 years so hmm. you need one a person with that long term mindset to give you a money at a reasonable rate so that your cost escalation or your economic viability doesn't get impaired what happened in the last 10 years is although the projects were conceived and the need was there however because of high interest rates they became viable as your commissioning got delayed so that is why one interest rates are very high second is that your typically of most of these assets get funded 80 to 20 80% is debt funded hmm. only 20 to 30% is equity funded okay. so on 70 to 80% which is debt funded interest rates play a very critical cost of building this infrastructure assets sure the third part which is the most important part i think than the interest rates in itself is the funding availability if you see our own history earlier it used to be a central government prerogative of investing in infrastructure and cap goods hmm. then came the private sector which we spoke about then now in the last 5 years we've seen lot of state governments taking the baton at the frontier to yeah. do investment from their own balance sheets and central government has taken a bit of a back seat as a result and now we are seeing in the la- in the recent last 3 4 years is this multilateral agencies which are these global multilateral agencies who have lot of money hmm. they are coming to the front and actually sustaining and uh, you know supporting india in its infrastructure and capex journey now what happens is when these multilateral agencies come they are dealing with wherever their money has gone mm. they are they are struggling to find return on capital right on those monies because as i told you that globally the infrastructure is very good but they is underutilized correct the moment it is underutilized you're not making enough money on that long term asset so there are agencies that are struggling to find return on capital mm. today when they look at india and they look at it as an opportunity where we are seeing the impetus from the government coming through they feel more comfortable and they are opening up their wallets to us okay and in the last 3 4 years a lot of this funding availability is getting captured because of these multilateral agencies and that is a very very drastic and very very impactful shift that we are seeing in the last 5 years great now let's get into the future you know i really wish the mumbai metro comes up really soon and all the traffic that we are getting stuck in gets resolved what does the future look like for the infra and capcut sector So as we discussed so you need three four things in place what are the building blocks the building blocks is you need a government with a mission to make sure it happens is the need there answer is yes now it's all about getting it done mm. how do you get it done you need a willingness ability and a capability sure today we have all the capability of executing the way we are executing ability comes from the cost of funding the interest rates which is already trending down in india mm. over the last 7 years we've seen that and the funding availability with these multilateral agencies funding availability is also going up the second vector of all this is the private sector capex hmm. a private sector entrepreneur will only invest when he sees money on the table yeah. today when you are talking about this npl cycle being so deep and grave and so long lasting that entrepreneur is not in that risk taking mindset 
but that again will change very soon as we see coming out of the npl cycle sure the third is on a private sector capex you should look at this capacity utilization so if i have already put up a factory and that factory is underutilized there is no reason for me to put up another factory new plant yeah so if you were to just look at this capacity utilization uh, measure hmm. uh, you know we peaked at 83% capacity utilization in 2011 oh that sounds high yeah okay that sounds very high yeah and we troughed at 70% wow in 2015 in 4 years we went from 83% to 70% so 83 to 70 and that's a uh, very drastic shift drop yeah yeah of course and from there we've started recovering but the recovery has been very slow sure. we are just about recovered to 76% thereabouts from 2015 to 2019 Yeah. Now this shift up has happened over a longer period hmm. and that's why it's not looking so meaningful. Yeah. But from here on hmm. any meaningful 1% 2% delta in the capacity utilization will lead to a surge of private sector capex also. Got it. Okay. And the other way of thinking is as we discussed the cyclicality in the sector your GFCF to GDP hmm. actually at some point can will go to 2x and then you will see the capital expenditure growth which is which the long term growth rate will be at 15% mm. however there will be a jump to 20 to 25% to make up for a mean reversion sure so that is where the future will be the future will be great because the other part is the ideological part of it okay. where the government is moving if you really take a step back and see at a very high level we are trying to connect india as one we are trying to make all the states one earlier what used to happen is your west used to be power surplus but your east used to be power deficit deficit yeah the last 3 4 years if you just look at it what the government has really done is it's trying to connect all the commercial hubs of the whole of india mm. the north connecting with the south mm. east connecting with the west so what it does is you are connecting and making a whole country as one so today if i am an entrepreneur investing in a power sector in in a power plant in the west mm. i don't have to worry about just the demand in the west i can even capitalize on the demand deficit in the east or the south yes likewise the dedicated freight corridor which the government has coined where it's connecting all the major ports with strong railway lines only dedicated to freight now that is again connecting the commercial hub centers the second is the bharat mala where the government wants to spend build 35000 kilometers of high speed roads mm. very good quality roads mm. so that the speed of the trucks mm. increases between the main commercial centers yeah. and that itself will cost about a lakh and a half crores yeah. then you're talking about bullet bullet train between bombay and ahmedabad one bullet train will cost about a lakh crore yeah. and just imagine we need much more than just a mumbai ahmedabad bullet train mm-hmm. you know metros we see metros we are all reeling under congestion issues because of the metro work that is going on every year two to three new cities are adopting metros as a main mode of transport wow. incrementally and each of these metros cost between 10 to 30000 crores wow so just imagine what happens just just to give you a sense say in india in bombay we are seeing this right so an underground metro cost as much as 500 crores per kilometer and if you go for an elevated one then it's 2 200 to 250 crore per kilometer wow so the spends are very chunky very meaty and they will actually better our life and generate employment and generate consumption and create that economic multiplier that we will all we've always been waiting for for the last 10 years fantastic so final part of the recording today shrey how does one get into or rather how how does one assess and size up a company an infra or a cap goods company because there are plenty there are many of them out there to invest in for the long term using the motilal oswal asset management company's framework so given that you know we've gone through a long consolidation phase i think it's very simple today to take a bet for the next 10 years because you are decisively at a cyclical bottom mm. so one is is this a sector to be betting on answer is 100% yes 
but you will have to come in with a longer time frame because of this long consolidation phase the another good outcome has been that all the weak competition has already died out hmm. so all the companies that have come out at the end of the tunnel are automatically have turned out to be much stronger and are stronger and the competitive landscape has become easier for them sure the second thing is you have to always have to remember this is a cyclical sector because you are funding everything by debt and that is what makes it very cyclical and these are long gestation when you are dealing with any long cycle gestation cyclical sector you always have to keep an eye on the balance sheet hmm. so bet on companies which have a very strong balance sheet and very strong ability to execute well so only today if i am an entrepreneur and if i am seeing demand coming in the next 2 years hmm. i will give my factory building work to a executor i know who will execute in the next 2 years hmm. i will go on the track record i will not go on cheapest who is the cheapest one to build the factory sure the third part is that you know the capex texture is also changing there is a lot of technology also that is coming up in this capex now what happens is like so we are talking about bullet trains yeah. which by default means that we have to invest in better signaling techniques better signaling infrastructure otherwise a normal train also keeps we we keep hearing about accidents and yeah, all happening yeah, yeah. the second is we are talking about smart cities all these things means adoption of new technologies and who can adapt bring global standards into india at a more economical rate will will be a company that will that will win sure and the last pivot is a company who has adopted efficiency as a frontier if you have been doing the same work over the last 5 years the only company who will sustain into the next 10 years is who have up its own bar of execution hmm. lowered the cost reduced the time to do the same work so just to give you an idea like you know if you've been building residential buildings for the last 5 years hmm. you will be building the same residential building at 20% lesser time today than what you did in the last 5 years correct uh you know uh, today we are building roads every day we build about we used to build 4 to 5 kilometers per day sure. of roads hmm. today we are doing almost 9 to 10 kilometers per day so wow. the speed of building roads has also doubled wow. now that has only been able because we are using far and far more modernized equipments Technology, and you yeah. can see it around you right when we our roads used to be built we used to see only those road rollers used yes. to come and yes. you know people many manually used to fill the tar on the road yeah. today there are a lot of big machines that are doing the job yeah. so they do a far better job and far faster a job okay And that's a wrap on this episode of the Equity Sahi Hai podcast brought to you by Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. My guests were Shreya Lunkar, Senior VP, Motilal Oswal Asset Management Company. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, do check out other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Ronnie Sruvalam, and uh, you've been listening to my podcast in the multiple chapters of my book, Dream with Your Eyes Open. And I think to that, I've had good chats here. And I think Chapter 13 in my book is all about Q and A's, and I'm sure there are more Q and A's. Happy to answer them. So send them in, and happy to have a dialogue with you on that. So if you'd like to ask Ronnie a question, send it to us at dreaming at ivmpodcast dot com. If selected, we'll read out your question on the last episode and have Ronnie answer it. You can also send a question to us on social media at IVM Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Find new episodes every Wednesday on IVM Podcast app, website or wherever you listen to podcasts.